Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. In today's video, I'm going to be talking about some of the biggest fantasy football winners and losers from day two of the NFL draft. So if you haven't seen my round one winners and losers, go check that out after this video. But you know, going through rounds two and three, we're going to be talking about some of the players who had their stock rise for fantasy and then some players who unfortunately, you know, their stock took a little bit of a hit. And before I get into some of the winners, all I want to say is that if you guys do enjoy this video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then let me know down below in the comment section, who are some of your guys' biggest winners and losers following day two of the NFL draft. And now let's jump into my first winner, and it is going to be Christian Watson. If you guys did see yesterday's video, I actually talked about for, you know, a quote unquote loser. I just talked about the fact that the Packers and Chiefs did not spend first round draft capital on a wide receiver. But here we saw the Packers go out early second round draft Christian Watson. Great news for Watson that he did get that solid draft capital. And this is just a fantastic landing spot here with the Green Bay Packers. You're paired with an elite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP. And Watson is stepping into a wide receiver room where he is going to have the opportunity to be the number one from day one. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy, but he totally has that in his realm of possibilities. And even though Christian Watson is fairly raw as a prospect and a talent, I actually think LaFleur is the perfect head coach who's going to be able to get the ball in his hands, manufacture him touches, and just let him use that elite athleticism that really skyrocketed him up draft boards. And then I also talked about how the Chiefs didn't draft a wide receiver yesterday. Well, then they went out and drafted Sky Moore. And he is definitely another winner, another fantastic landing spot. And just looking at the overall draft, I feel like the Chiefs absolutely stole Sky Robinson. In my opinion, it was crazy that guys like Wondell Robinson, John Mechie, Tyquan Thornton, and Alec Pierce, I'm shocked that all those guys went ahead of Sky Moore, but now he's going to land on the Chiefs. Great spot, elite quarterback, high volume passing attack. And another very wide open wide receiver room. You've got Juju and MVS there as their top two options, but Sky Moore will have the opportunity to produce from day one. And now we're going to shift over to a quarterback who was not selected in this draft. It is Zach Wilson. The Jets are really just going out and doing everything in their power to build around Zach Wilson. This Jets offense has a very, very strong young core. You're looking at Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. I think both of those dudes are going to be studs. You also still have Corey Davis there, who's a very, very strong wide receiver three. They go out, draft Brees Hall. Now you have Hall and Michael Carter at the running back position. Then they went out this offseason, signed CJ Ozama and uh, Conklin at the tight end position. And then they went out and drafted Ruckert to also play tight end. This is a solid offensive line. So Zach Wilson is really going to have every opportunity to succeed moving forward. And then another quarterback here, I actually talked about him yesterday, but I want to bring him up again. It is Kenny Pickett, and he is going to be a repeat player here for a few different reasons. The first is that his draft capital is looking even better after we saw all these other quarterbacks fall to at least the third round. And then the second reason is that the Steelers went out and drafted George Pickens. As a Bears fan, I wanted Pickens going to the Bears, but he goes to the Steelers. We know these Steelers have a fantastic track record at bringing quality wide receivers, and this is a very, very legit group of young weapons that Pickett is going to be able to work with. 
and he's going to be ready to start, in my opinion, from day one. So it looks like they're also going to be building around Kenny Pickett, which is fantastic news for him as a rookie quarterback. Now I want to talk about Alan Lazard, and I feel like in the fantasy community, there's been a lot of Alan Lazard hype. Looking at you know the Packers wide receiver room, he looked like he was the top option. A lot of you know him being the wide receiver one for the Packers. There was a lot of that hype going around. I personally didn't really buy into it. I don't think he's some you know sensational talent, and I think targets are earned, not given. But looking at this Packers draft, one of the reasons why I wasn't super high on Lazard was that it was basically a certainty that the Packers were going to bring in wide receiver competition somewhere, whether it was early on in the draft or just, you know, signing a bunch of cheap veterans. They weren't going to go into, you know, the 2022 season with the guys they had on their roster. So they go out, they spend an early second round pick on Christian Watson. I talked about how that's great news for him, and I definitely think it is. But of those top wide receivers, I do think Christian Watson is the biggest project And I don't know if he's going to be able to ball out in year one. I talked about how he'll have the opportunity, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to step right in and be dominant. So, you know, Lazard is going to have the trust of Aaron Rodgers being there for a bunch of years. And then he kind of just has to hold off like a really top veteran from signing with the Packers. I don't think he's going to be some elite fantasy option, but he could definitely be a serviceable, probably wide receiver three, you know, maybe if he really balls out. He's like a lower end wide receiver too, but I think this was a pretty solid draft for Alan Lazard as a fantasy option. And then I believe this is going to be the last winner here. And it is my guy, David Bell out of Purdue. I was very scared he was going to be falling out of day two into day three. It didn't look like he was going to get picked with all these other wide receivers that I had ranked way below him, but he ends up going to the Cleveland Browns late in round three. And I actually really like this landing spot for him. He's going to have the opportunity to be the wide receiver two behind Amari Cooper. This is a great long-term outlook playing with Deshaun Watson. You know, whether or not he plays this season, he's likely going to be there for the long haul. And if you guys aren't super familiar with David Bell, he was wildly productive in all three of his collegiate seasons. Like of all the wide receivers in this class, he may have had the most consistent production from his freshman to junior season. He just isn't a freak athlete, but in my opinion, some dudes can just play football, and I think David Bell is one of those guys. And so now, you know, I kind of like that I'm able to rationalize keeping him in my top eight wide receivers. You're looking at all five of the dudes who went in the first round. Then you've got uh, Watson in there. You've got Pickens and Sky Moore. And then I think David Bell is kind of right after those dudes. I could even argue David Bell over Christian Watson, but that's something I'm going to have to look at, you know, a little bit closer moving forward. Now we're going to shift over to some of the fantasy football losers, and I'm going to reiterate the point that I made yesterday. Just the quarterback group, minus Kenny Pickett, Ritter, Willis, Howell, and Corral. Even though we did see three of these guys come off the board in the third round, the damage has already been done to them in rookie drafts. You know, the fact that a lot of these guys had round one hype and were just getting passed on all over the place by teams who did need quarterbacks and teams that actually did end up selecting them just much later on. It's not super great moves. If we're looking at the landing spots, they're not terrible. You know, Ritter to the Falcons, that quarterback job's kind of open. He's going to be able to learn from Mariota. They're very similar. Willis going to the Titans, learn behind Tannehill. And then you have Corral going to the Lions. That's an open spot. So the landing spots are not bad, but that third round draft capital, there's just not a lot of security. 
there or really any guarantee that they're going to get a legit shot to be a starting quarterback in the future. So not great news there. If you were rooting for those guys as fantasy players, you probably would have wanted to see them go early second round after not seeing them get picked in the first round. Now let's shift over to Michael Carter, and he is a big, big loser from this draft. I mean, his value has just absolutely plummeted. He went from being the lead back on that jet step chart to now probably being a change of pace back at best. Like, I don't think this is going to be some 50-50 split going on here. You don't spend early second round draft capital on Brees Hall and have him split 50-50. Brees is going to be the clear RB1. He's just significantly more talented than Michael Carter, and he is a three down back. So Carter's going to get some touches here and there, but I do think Brees Hall is going to dominate the majority of the opportunities, which is obviously not going to be good for Michael Carter. Another running back who probably lost his starting job, Rashad Penny. He signed a one-year deal with Seattle this offseason. Coming back after his hot finish to the season, they go out, draft Kenneth Walker. He's clearly their RB1 of the future. So Rashad Penny definitely looks like the odd man out in Seattle. And then another loser is going to be Justin Fields. The Bears are just kind of refusing to build around Justin Fields on the offensive side. They had two different opportunities in the second round to select either Pickens or Sky Moore. They passed on both of those guys, ended up drafting Velas Jones in the third round, who's actually going to be 25 years old by the time the season starts. He is actually older than their current wide receiver one, Darnell Mooney. And then the other guys there, you're looking at like Byron Pringle. This is just a really, really bad supporting cast. So it may be another rough season here for Justin Fields. Then we have Zach Ertz, who kind of looked like he was going to be the locked-in tight end one for the Cardinals moving forward, signed a three-year extension, didn't have a ton of concerns there. Then the Cardinals go out and draft Trey McBride in the second round. So with that type of draft capital, he is 100% going to be involved early on. And you know, Ertz may not be that clear-cut tight end one on the team like we thought he was going to be. And then to finish out these fantasy losers, it is going to be two different running backs. The first one definitely got hit harder than the second one. So starting off here with Antonio Gibson, it really just seems like Washington does not want Gibson to be a fantasy stud. I feel like Gibson is a guy who could be a three down back if given the opportunity. He just has not had that opportunity. They re-signed JD McKissick, who's going to be the third down back, really limits Gibson's work in the receiving game and uh, during two minute drills. And then they go out draft Brian Robinson in the third round. I feel like this backfield is going to be a full on committee. And I don't even know if Antonio Gibson is going to be a running back two, you know, heading into fantasy drafts. So definitely a tough night here for Gibson. And then the final running back here, it is going to be Leonard Fournette. And I kind of have mixed feelings here because prior to the draft, I was very, very high on Fournette. I didn't think they'd spend a top tier pick on a running back. They spend a third round pick, a late third. So kind of, you know, an in-between pick there. But I really liked Fournette. And I also really liked the guy they drafted, Rashad White. I thought he was one of these later round running backs who has legit three down potential. I think coming into the draft, looking at the Bucks running back room, I think Fournette was going to be the workhorse there. And I actually think he had the potential to be the overall running back one for fantasy football. Now, I still think he could be an RB1 as in a top 12 running back, like in points per game and total points, all that. But I don't think he has that crazy ceiling that he had, you know, operating as the clear cut three down back. Rashad White has the ability to be a solid pass catcher. 
And I feel like he's probably going to take over that role. So that definitely is going to limit Fournette's opportunities. I still think he's going to be a very strong fantasy asset, but he's not going to have that high-end RB1 ceiling like I was kind of hoping for and drafting for in my early best ball leagues. But that is going to wrap it up for some of the biggest fantasy winners and losers from day two. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Thank you all for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one where I talk about just some of my biggest takeaways from day three. Maybe talk about some late round flyers and drafts, all that sorts of stuff. But thank you, and I'll see you guys in the next one.